who's been gone a while, Mike Watterson. I want to welcome you back. Uh, these are civilians, non-military personnel. He's been away with the military for so long, sometimes you forget you know, where you're at. This is our, these are the people that love you and adore you, and we've missed you. Uh, your wife's been awesome, and we just, we're just we so glad you're back. So thank you for, uh, for being here with us. I uh, also want to welcome David Balboa from, uh, from, uh, for the, from Georgia, the Peach State. Uh, he's here visiting with us. It's great to have him here. Uh, on Saturday, uh, some, of the, some of the dads and their sons uh, were, uh, went to the Roy Rogers Beach. We were invited by uh, the Santano family. They put on a fabulous... Vikings a day for all the dads and sons. We had to make shields and we made our shield. You had to have a storyline with your shield. You had to explain how your shield came to be. What's your what are your values of your clan? We even had to name our clans with a, adding an ing at the end with a, or a or a ong at the end. And so ours was the Bergens Bergington clan, the Garces clan. So it was it was a nice nice thing. We threw spears. We made spears. Uh, we played uh, Viking golf. Not you know, we throw it in the air and you smack it. Viking golf. It was really, really cool. So I wanted to say a big thank you for for putting that all together for all the dads. So thanks so much. I'm doing a series uh, entitled "It's Personal" because when you encounter God, it is personal. Uh, sometimes you have facts. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you just go with your gut. But sometimes you need a little information. And this series is the series that I'm doing today. We're going to talk about what's undeniable. You don't have to understand everything to believe in something. I don't understand what makes a jet fly, but I believe they can fly. And I get in, I get on the jet with faith that it's not going to crash. And most of the time, I, I do that. It lands safely. I can't explain to you how it does it. All I do is watch movies on there. And you know, when there's this turbulence, I fear for my life. But it's undeniable that it's the safest way to travel in the whole world. If you're into baseball, I played baseball as a kid. A 90 mile per hour fastball always fascinated me. Now we see guys hit home runs, do crazy things with 90 mile per hour fastballs. It takes 0.4 seconds for that, that, that baseball to reach home plate. But it takes the batter 0.25 seconds to react to the ball. Yet he hits it. Now, there's probably a really good explanation for that. I'm sure the science guys can break this down on how that happens. But when you look at that, that's unexplainable. But I'm sure someone like Joe Nealon, who's got a master's in physics, could break it down as to what the eyeball does, or a John Spencer who can break down the engineering going, this is what happens. Now, we know it happens. It's undeniable that guys hit the ball. But statistically speaking, it shouldn't happen. But do we believe in it? Yes, because we see it all the time every season. Guys are hitting home runs on pitches that are going 90 miles per hour, and their, their body and their eyes aren't supposed to react to it in time, but they do it still. So, if you don't allow what's unexplainable to overshadow what's undeniable. And that's what it's like in this series. And that's what I'm going to talk about this morning. We as adults embrace Jesus as a Savior, and it usually happens in the same way. We come with questions, objections, and some doubts. And I've never met an adult who, who trusted without having some sort of questions when they come and want to become a Christian. And instead of working through the obstacles that, that are focused them, around them, 
You know, we look and we say, wow, I didn't fully understand everything. I had questions, but I believe. And most of the time, you're, you still have questions after you become a Christian. And then they're answered after you become a Christian. What's initially important is that what your experience is with God and Jesus. And as you read the gospel, it makes sense. Because Jesus came in to connect with each and every one of us personally. He came to interact with mankind personally. Information wasn't enough. You know, like the scripture says, you know, Jesus, uh, God loves so loved the world, He sent a list of reasons why He loves you. No, He so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son. For God, it was personal. So, our relationship with God is our personal responsibility, and it's our personal experience with that. You don't have to understand everything to believe in something. Now, I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles this morning because the text is quite long and I didn't think it would be, be a good idea to put it all on here. So, if you don't have a Bible with you, I want you to borrow from your neighbor. If they brought their Bible, that's great. If you both don't have your Bibles, find someone that may have... Or you can maybe have it on your phone. You can turn it on. Turn on your phones to John chapter 9. And here is a good example... Of you don't allow the unexplainable to overshadow the undeniable. There's a blind man who was healed by Jesus and he believed and he had questions. And then there was a group of Pharisees, the, the Bible guys who knew all the, all the Bible, they didn't believe because of their questions. So their inability to answer their own questions didn't define Jesus. Jesus is who he is. So this is kind of the story of John chapter 9. So in verse 1 it says, As he went along, he saw a blind man from birth. His disciples, that's Jesus' disciples, asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Obviously they were confused about God. They had this preconceived theology about, oh, if, you're, if you grew up with a disability, that means you, someone sinned in your family. So there was a little bit of a confusion there. It had to be one or the other. And, and these are the kinds of questions we pose. When we encounter God, these either-or questions. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said. You know, you're asking the wrong question. I mean, you can, you, you can debate two sides and always be wrong. But this happens so the work of God might be displayed in his life. Huh? You know, that's kind of interesting. As long as it is today, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. So when Jesus is on the ground, there was a window of opportunity to see things even clearer. And every time we open our Bibles, we can see life even clearer when we read the Bible ourselves. It's a window. It's an opportunity. Um, Apart from this, we start to ask the wrong questions. So if you want to know what God is like, Read the gospel. If you want to know what God is truly like, read about Jesus. He's the exact representation of God. So in verse 6, Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. You know, when you read that, you know, if you're kind of like one of these Bible people, like, they're a little skeptical, you don't buy that. Like, what? You spit on the ground? Made a little mud? Put it on your eye? That's, that's, that's obviously got to be a story. If that really happened, 
What does that say about Jesus? So let's continue. It's okay to be skeptical. You should be a little skeptical when you read a story about someone putting, spitting on the ground and making mud, making a blind man. See, that's a little, you know. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, 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 he only looks like him. They don't buy it either. See, you know, you weren't the only ones. But he, but he himself insisted, I am the man. So he buys it. He's buying Jesus because he's like, my, I was blind, now I can see. I'm buying it. And people around him are going, no, I don't buy it. Then they ask, in verse 10, How then were your eyes open, they demanded. Explain this so we can understand, in other words. You have to explain this to us. In verse 11, he replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Right. Unexplainable. Just like I thought. You can't explain it. Where is this man, they asked. I don't know, he said. They brought him to the Pharisees, the man who had been blind. So they did that because it was in accordance with the law. They had to, you know, if you were, if you were got healed miraculously, they were in charge of making sure that was a legitimate miracle from God. And they would say, they'd stamp it. And they were like, oh yes, it's true, because the Pharisees believed it. They stamped it. So therefore the community can be like, rest assured, God is with us. So that was part of the law. Verse 14. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Now, there was a rule that you couldn't work on the Sabbath. You couldn't go to your job. You were supposed to rest and just relax. But the Pharisees, they, they added stuff to it. You know, that means you couldn't do anything. Not even anything good. So Jesus was like, what? That's not what God says. You can do something good on the Sabbath. And so he had a lot of examples of the Bible. When David in the Old Testament was hungry, they ate the consecrated bread. So there's a lot of things that God gives you. You know, God has a heart. And so there's a situation. Jesus goes, you can help people. Therefore, so Jesus, what were you thinking? They're thinking, why are you doing this? The Sabbath, that's unexplainable. You can't do that on the Sabbath. So in verse 15, it says, Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he received his sight. And again, he says, He put mud on my eyes, the man replied. I washed and now I see. That's undeniable. He was blind, but now he can see. But is it explainable? No, but it's undeniable. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. That's unexplainable how someone could do that. God doesn't operate this way. But others asked, How can a sinner do such a miraculous sign? So they were divided. So you had the people that were leaned on, That's unexplainable. And you had the people going, That's undeniable. Meanwhile, no one is celebrating the fact that this guy can now see. Hello! No one is celebrating the fact that this guy was blind and now he can see. All, that's unexplainable. That's, that's undeniable. Wait, what's going on? Talk to the fair. And no one's rejoicing with the poor guy who's been blind from birth. I feel a little unappreciated there. They're going, hey guys, I can see. No one's concerned about that. They're concerned about other things. Finally, they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. It almost sounds like a game show at this time. Are you smarter than a Pharisee? What are my choices? The man replied, He is a prophet. 
the Jews did, still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Why did they sent for his parents? Because it was unexplainable. We got to get your parents to confirm this because I'm not believing what I'm seeing. And so I need your parents down here. In verse 19, is this your son? They asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it now that he can see? Explain this in the terms that we can understand and that we can accept. This mud, saliva, saloon, I'm not buying that. But his parents get dragged into it. Well, we know he's our son. That's undeniable. And we know he was born blind. That's undeniable. But how he can see, or who opened his eyes, we don't know. That's unexplainable. There are things that are unexplainable, but are absolutely undeniable when it comes to God. And if you're one of the people that always want an explanation, you're going to miss the undeniable. You will miss it. That's the important part about this this lesson. Ask him, they said. Ask him. He's of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for already the Jews had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Christ would be put out of the synagogue. You know, people decided, these Pharisees decided, even before they looked at the evidence. They evaluated evidence against their faulty worldview, their faulty theology, and their limited experiences. People do that when it comes to God and church. When it comes to God, you you have the worldview of your perspective on what you experienced in church growing up. And most of the time, my experience is, it was a faulty worldview, even growing up for me in my church when I was a kid. And I had no interest in following God because what I experienced as a child gave me no inspiration to follow as an adult. I saw too many things that were absolutely crazy. And so I thought God and His whole thing was a place where people that had nowhere else to go, had no one else to go to, could find a home. That was my view until I encountered God because it was personal for me. And when I began to read the Bible, I met someone that encouraged me to read it because I hadn't read it as a child or as a young adult or a teenager or a college student. What I began to read was unexplainable and it was also undeniable. That is why, that's why, that was why his parents said, he is of age. Ask him. A second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God, they said. We know this man is a sinner. And he replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. You're missing the obvious point. I'm not certain about anything except for one thing. I can see. And these guys are not focused. I'm celebrating that this guy can see. Then they asked him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? Explain it so it can fit into my prearranged category. You have to explain it so I can digest it. He answered, I've already told you. And you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? (laughs) Then they hurled their insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciple? 
We are the disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. And the man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to godly to the godly man who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the man's eyes of a blind man, a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Isn't it obvious, Pharisees? To this they replied. You know, that's pretty convicting to hear that going, hey, that's, that's actually kind of right. And to this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. They opted for the unexplainable over the undeniable. Are you going to do that? Are you a person that needs every single question answered for you to even acknowledge the undeniable existence of God? There's a lot of questions we can have going in. And many of those questions get answered as you follow God. You start to understand more. Jesus heard that they, that he, they had been thrown out and He found them. He said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Well, I find that interesting because he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't say, Jesus goes, hey, can you explain what happened there? Hey, what happened with that situation? He, all he asked was, do you believe in the Son of Man? That's what he asked. Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. But don't you think you would have some questions? Can you explain the mud? Everyone's talking about the mud and the water. Can you, can, you, can you give me an explanation so I can tell them? He didn't do that. He believed. Because to him, it was undeniable. To him, it was personal. And when it's personal, it's undeniable. And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into the world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What? Are we blind too? And Jesus said, If you are, if you are blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. You know, often people struggle and doubt when it comes to God. Even Christians, even myself. From time to time, there are doubts. Everyone has some kind of doubt. Whether Christianity is real, is the Bible inspired, is God paying attention? And, and through the years, I, I've noticed a pattern. We can doubt when we lose sight of what's undeniable and focus on what's unexplainable. We doubt when we take our eyes off what He has clearly done and focus on what we think he should have done or what I would have done. We doubt when we focus our attention on what we don't understand. And we doubt when we get God to cooperate or stay in the box. We can't get him to cooperate. We want to put him in this box. And if God gets out of the box, we begin to doubt. 
That's what I notice about doubt. We focus on the unexplainable. Why are there people dying of hunger? Why are there evil people running around killing everybody? And what is God not, why is God not doing anything about it? That's unexplainable. That's a classic. People are dying of hunger. Children and women are being killed. Right now as I speak, the God who is all-powerful, why doesn't He stop them? It's unexplainable at times. There's a, there's a reason, but people are just stuck there. And they stay there. And all of that changes, like when the blind man, when I retreat to what I do know, what I have seen, what is undeniable, what has happened to me, because it's personal. I go back to what I've experienced. And I may never understand why or know why. The every answer, every challenge that I think of. But here's what I do know. The earth is moving in an orbit going 55,000 miles per hour. I can't explain that. I don't know why we're not dead, but it's undeniable that it's happening. I don't know why there's gazillion galaxies out there. Why there's billions and billions and billions of stars and solars. I don't know why that's unexplainable to me. Are there aliens? I don't know. But if I focus on that, I begin to doubt. I focus on the undeniable. What I have experienced through reading the Gospels myself... What I've experienced personally, that's undeniable. When I read about the Bible came together over a span of 1,500 years by 40 different authors, all revealing the one same God, the one same Messiah, to me that's undeniable. How do they do that? Because you know how guys get when they write writing books, right? There's a book, a counter book, a counter book to that, a counter book, a counter... Guys can't agree on anything. What I do know is his closest followers gave up their lives over what they saw, not over what he taught. What I do know is that Jesus' movement flourished and over one-third of the world's population believes that he is the unique Son of God. Here's what's undeniable. You can't live for yourself and do everything in your power to, to fill your life with meaning and experiences. And yet you know there's a hunger That's never fully satisfied. The older I get, the less cuter things are and cooler things are. The older I get. When I was young, it had to be cute, had to be cool, had to be awesome. I care less. I'll say it. I love going to Walmart. There it is. I love going. I love hanging out there. I was a kid. Walmart was like Kmart. You'd never see me at Kmart. That was, da- that was dangerous. Ruin your social life real fast. My, mar- my parents talked about Kmart. I was like, we, we don't, hey, it's America. We don't say that word. Walmart's the new Kmart. I hang out there. I go to McDonald's and this is a great place. Hang out in there, eat a little bit, have a great time. Best savings in the world. I'm there. I love being there. Those are my people's. People make fun of Walmart on the news. I'm like, that's not true. It's undeniable. It's unexplainable to you. It's undeniable to me. It's heaven on earth. 
I love going there. While it's true that I don't know everything, like why good people suffer, I've learned more about God's sustaining grace and power from sick and the dying than from well people. Why young people die. I've had to stand at funerals where the reality of death was leveraged in a way that people's lives changed because someone had died. But I don't know why the young die. I don't know why people hurt other people. But I've learned more about the liberating power of forgiveness from hurt people than people whose lives are wrinkle-free or appear to be wrinkle-free. That, that I do know. I don't understand why these things happen, but I know there's a profound effect on me when I'm around that. So if you're on the border of putting your faith in Jesus, you know enough. You've seen enough. You've seen the undeniable evidence, and you will gain a fresh insight once you've crossed the line into a relationship with God. If you're not a believer... Because you have so many doubts and questions, fine. Here's what I want you to hear. You don't have to understand everything to believe in something. You just keep coming. Keep listening. Keep reading. Start reading. And over time, what's undeniable will begin to catch your focus. And one day it will become undeniably clear to you that Jesus is exactly who He claimed to be and that He desires to take up His residence in your life. That I do know. And while there may be, may be always some things that can't be explained, your faith will rest in what you cannot deny. After all, it's, it's personal. So this, we're getting ready for the fall. We're getting ready for the, a changing of summer to a new season. And I want to encourage the church to look around. If you find these series helpful, you find these lessons helpful, I want to encourage you to bring friends to hear this message. Hear messages like this. Because the fall is a great time to really, really extend yourself, invite people who you may not know are looking for God. And I want to encourage you to invite them. I want to encourage you to bring them. I want to encourage you to share with them What's undeniable, and yet it sometimes is unexplainable. Thanks for your time. This concludes our service. Have a great, great afternoon.